0: the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company.
1: Explosive five o'clock hour on the way. We found out for the first time that Ari on National Siblings Day actually has people to shout out. No one on the show actually knew that he had brothers as it turns out. I think he said brothers, but I was kind of half listening. Uh, Ari is ready to go. Go Bear on Willie does not like all the typing in the background, so we've got problems there. Life's hard, (laughs) life's hard. Okay, we've got our path to the draft. That was a dump button right there. You control it, that's right. Yeah, put them on delay. Everything he says, dump them. Path to the draft. Let's start at the uh, bottom of the first round. Our good buddy from WHB in Kansas City covers the Chiefs, does the uh, red, gold, and
2: bold podcast. Did I get the name of the pod right? Yeah, you did. That's one of uh, one of the three podcasts. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate the extra effort there,
1: man. I, I really enjoyed it last week. Actually, I was watching uh, probably when I shouldn't have been. I had it hands free. I was watching in the car, red, golden, bold, <laughs> and you guys were breaking. You got now. You guys did a really good job of breaking down the draft. And it's funny. Everyone here thinks I'm a badgering ass. You were just riding a very brilliant man from Sumer Sports, Eric Eager, into the ground because yeah. he he kept looking at his phone.
2: Yes. Yeah, well, like, you know, we're on video. Like, we do the stream for a reason. It's like if we're going to do the video, at least act semi-interested. Right. And Eager's a brilliant guy and a big deal, and you know Super Sports, great startup uh, project. And Eric's really at the the you know epicenter of it. You know Thomas Dimitrov, former Falcons uh, GM, is like the top dog, but Eric's like the top analytics guy and programming your computer guy. who has got a lot of responsibilities and a lot of things going on. But man, you got to budget your time, right? Where are your priorities? Let's go. You know, Golden um, Bowl podcast trumps all. I yeah
1: yes, I did text him at one point that uh, he needed to tell you to shut the blank up. <laughs> he, he did say he, that. Yes, yes. He, he that, did say that. He, he goes, brought that up on the show. He goes, <laughs> that, that yeah. He, he got yeah. a text of support. Yeah. So um, he's also kind, right. of a, he's kind of a big guy. He's kind of meek, but he did play tight end at some level of college. So I'd, I'd be careful. I don't want to see you guys get into a scrap virtually. Um, all right. I want to talk draft to with you. We also have to get to. Should we do this right out of the gates? Today is National Siblings Day. Um, we don't really talk to Ari just because we're narcissistic asses. So we had no idea right. he actually has two older brothers. Um on this right. show we've got a youngest child, a middle child and an only child. Willie's here. You have any guesses on who the middle, the youngest and the only is? Uh,
2: well, I mean you're not the only cuz I know you have and and you said Ari has siblings. Yep. So I would make Willie the only, right?
1: I gave it away. Yeah. Yep. I gave okay, it away. So
2: uh, that's the kind of that's the kind of high level analysis you get when you have me on. Um, you have no idea and, what uh, I you have no idea what I and am. You've and I got no a brother. Got two, but I think only one. I've got two. Oh wow! Uh, you know, know a guy for you know thirty years. <laughs> yeah. I think he really awesome. get it all nailed down. Guy, guys, uh, don't talk. Uh, guys, so here's I'm the make thing: you the middle.
1: Guys, d- guys, don't you the talk. Middle. You know, you notice when you talk to your wife and she's asking you like how things went because this happens to me all the time. Like, hey, what they say? What's going on with him? And you're like, hey, we didn't talk about stuff like that.
2: I just don't. Yeah, no, we um, don't. We don't. Yeah. I knew do, I do. I know. Like you know, the family back in Jersey you got a brother, you know. Now okay. I know two. You know, I'll make a note of that, mental note, commit to that. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, and I do appreciate what you're doing with Ari there. You're making sure, you know, that he knows at all times he doesn't count. You're putting him in his <laughs> place. Uh, I'm the no, nice gaining one. No interest whatsoever oh, in no, the man's no, life. No no, 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 no. You know, just the, 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 the big-hearted uh, man that you've always been, Steve.
1: I appreciate that. I'm the nice one yeah. on the show of all of us. Trust me. Yeah, well. Well, um, it doesn't, doesn't sound like it. He's, he's the youngest child, so. These guys are ready to go in on him now.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the, as the youngest should get. He's used to it. Yeah. that's right. What was he? Was he Bobby Brady? Which one is it now? Cindy. Cindy Brady. He's the he's the little oh, one boy. of the bunch. Yeah. yeah.
1: You're setting us up you for know? an avalanche on the poor guy.
2: Yeah. There you go. So I'm an Ari fan. Ari's always very nice to me. I mean, you, I don't know why you're so mean to him, but he's always nice to me not, and not me no. you know pleasant. So I, I'm an Ari fan. So watch yourself.
3: Likewise, Siran. Thank you. Oh,
2: boy. Thank you.
1: There we I was go. Trying to undercut me. See what happens, go. Willie. Someone have my back on the show,
4: or else. No. Well, I remember the days of the late night podcast, and and you know, so I, I remember a lot. What I, happened there? Well, I just remember, the, you know, Ari was also very nice there and everything, and you picked on him then too. So it's it's, uh-huh. it's it's sort of like an endless run of picking on Ari. Ari's kind of like you know what? You two are kind of like siblings. Yeah, you, in a lot of ways. Yeah. You pick on Ari. Yeah. You yeah.
1: see, you see yeah. your producer. More than you see your family a lot of times. Yes. Yeah. We should hug it out. Yeah. So. Yeah. are well, my fourth. Well, brother, it, it is
2: National brother. Hug Your Dog Day. So.
1: Oh, we didn't get to that.
2: Uh, bro, hug. Uh, you know, ass out, right? That kind of hug. But yes.
1: Not tip. <laughs> not tip to tip. As I saw a movie this weekend that said, "Come in and do a real hug, tip to tip." Uh, all right. Let's <laughs> let's get let's get into the Chiefs uh, for the draft. Um, You actually did lay out positions of need. I think for a lot of people around the NFL, they're like, the Chiefs need nothing. Uh, But that's not the case because you're always – the Chiefs are in this position with one of the money quarterbacks where you always have to be producing in the draft, correct? And they have in recent years. They've always found good young guys to go in and provide depth or just start.
2: Yeah, they, they have, and they did a great job. Last year, the draft was, you know, uh, they wouldn't have been where they were. They wouldn't have won the championship without a great draft. They had 12 draft picks going in. They ended up using, I think, 10 of them. Uh, they, they moved up uh, twice in the draft, moved down once. So they jockeyed around. And- was really the most uh, picks that that uh, we'd seen. Brett Veach work with. You know, he's always very aggressive. He'll trade picks for players. He'd done that a couple of times, but he had a lot of picks to work with, and he maneuvered around the board and did a great job. And they they started in. I know in the AFC Championship game, they started ten rookie or they played ten rookies and had eight of them on the defensive side of the ball. Both were were records for uh, for a Chiefs playoff game, and so. You know, without Isaiah Pacheco really taking over as the lead running back, um, uh, you know, where, where would they have been? Uh, you know, he, he was huge in, in getting that done. Their defensive backfield, Jalen Watson and Brian Cook and, you know, uh, uh, Josh Williams, you know, all played and played a big role. They were at times, you know, the second and third corner that was out there because of injuries. And, and then I didn't mention their, their, their first round pick, uh, you know, and I'm out of season, but the, the corner from Washington, uh, Trent McDuffie, uh, who, who was really probably at the end of the year their number one corner. So, you know, they, they had rookies playing all over the place. Leo Chenault contributed, at linebacker. Uh, another DB, Nazi Johnson, who was uh, a big contributor in special teams. Uh, Sky Moore uh, came through with a big punt return in, in one of the playoff games. And so, you know, without those rookies, they don't get there, and, and they did really well. And I think you yeah, know that's what we were going to go on through. Uh, on, our, on our podcast was about, okay, what, what would you grade each one of the position groups? And, yes, you're, you're very high on tight end. You're very high on quarterback, obviously. But after that, you're, you're very high on a guy, Chris Jones, and um, you know, on a couple of guys. But overall, the position groups, all of them are just pretty good. Right? Like, after those couple of spots, they're pretty good. After Chris Jones, yeah, they're probably below average on the defensive line. So there's plenty of places that they can improve, and, and they, they certainly lean very heavily, as, as you would expect. And and you have to when you give all the money to the quarterback. They lean very heavily on Patrick Mahomes. But there's plenty of places that they can get better, the most important one being wide receiver. They, they need help at wide receiver.
1: So Ryan Petro's with us, covers the Chiefs, covers the Kansas City scene for WHB in KC, does their afternoon drive show. So picks 31, 63, 9, down to 122 and and several more picks to uh I think the total is 10 picks. You just mentioned mm-hmm. wide receiver. Would you take a wide receiver if you were the Chiefs at the end of the first round or would you be looking to fortify the offensive line? Does this line have a left tackle by the way?
2: Uh it does. Jawan Taylor is who they're going to play at left tackle, but you, you know the, an easy answer, a funny answer would be no, they don't, but they're going to put somebody over there. Uh, and that guy's going to be Jawan Taylor who played um, add, you know, well, at right tackle, the Chiefs gave four years, eighty million. I know your buddy Adam Hill uh, came on with me and and was you know trying to mock the Chiefs for doing that, but uh, what they got was an athletic guy with upside that they think they will get more out of than what Jacksonville got. But he is a good pass blocking right tackle that they're going to ask to play left tackle. But I think the Bengals are going to find out that what they walked away from in Orlando Brown is a below average pass blocking uh, right tackle that wants to play left tackle and is Adam, and he won't play anywhere else where Jawan taylor said listen wherever they want me to play i'll play right now that's going to be left tackle but if they find a guy in the draft which you're unlikely basically left tackles go in the first 15 picks unless you find the needle in the haystack uh, if they would find that needle in the haystack they can move juan taylor over to the right side because unlike orlando brown he's willing to play wherever they ask him to go and that's why when orlando brown wanted to try to use the chiefs as a bargaining chip against the rest of the nfl they said We're out. We'll take the next best guy, Jawan Taylor, or a guy that maybe they can grow into being better and put him over there. But, yeah, I think tackle, you're on an offensive tackle, wide receiver. You know, look, quality tackles come off the board faster. There are better, good wide receivers are found more often down in rounds two and three and even four uh, than than high-quality tackles are found. You know, the athleticism shows itself, and and the – predictability of the position is much higher at the tackle spot. So I think the Chiefs have been pretty analytical in how they do things. I think the the more likely pick would be an offensive tackle there, and I think also they would be listening if there's a quarterback that's tangling around or any other position that's tangling around there that somebody wants to have that fifth-year option on. Uh, they would be all ears to listening to to trade down uh, for extra picks, I think, as well.
4: So, so since the Raiders got here, all we've heard is you got to build to beat the Chiefs, three Super Bowls in the last four years now, combination of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, right? Build, build, build in order to beat the Chiefs. With Sean Payton now in Denver and seemingly being able to possibly resurrect Russell Wilson's career, I'm not sure what's going on with the Chargers, but is that still the mindset, do you think? or And, and on, from the Chiefs' standpoint, do they just... Do they sort of build to strengthen what they're doing, or do do you think that they keep an eye on the rest of the division outside of the circus here in Henderson, Nevada?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think they worry about themselves, right? Like, uh, you know, one of the things, the reason why they signed and probably overpaid, as you do in free agency for Jawan Taylor's one, is I think he's only 25 years old. Uh, so they always like young guys in free agency because young guys stay healthier and are more likely to have ceiling. But is, is because it was, you know, what they knew they had to have so that they didn't have to reach and, and go for need in a draft. I think they always want to use free agency to try to shore up every position. Lucas Nyang is still there to play right tackle Andrew White Wiley left, as well as Orlando Brown, and free agency. But Lucas Yang was the starter uh, before he got hurt, and Andrew Wiley took over for him. And so, really, Wiley was the backup, uh, even though he left and ended up starting for quite some time. They're optimistic that Lucas Yang can come back, but you know, with him, you know, being healthy, which he was at the end of the year, they feel like you know they, they could line up and play today. I think that's where they always want to be. And then knowing that you know, position scarcity and position value are part of a you know best player available. No, they're not going to take the best punter because they, they grade him as the next. Ray Guy. But, you know, with, uh, understanding the value of positions, they want to take the best player available. And to do that, you have to have somebody at each spot. Wide receiver is the one spot that I don't think you can really say. You know they're okay. I mean, can they line up and play? Yes. Patrick Mahomes will make all the wide receivers better. Patrick Mahomes will make the offensive line better. But I think you want to get better at one of those spots. I don't think you want Patrick Mahomes to have to throw everybody open, and I don't think you want Patrick Mahomes to have to scramble on every play. So I think they've got to get better. That's why it's you know kind of odd that the best offensive football, what are their biggest needs? They're on the offensive side, but some of that's because of the losses. As far as what the Broncos are doing and what everybody else is doing, I don't think they spend a lot of time. The conversations I've had is they're just always looking to make them themselves better. They have the ultimate, you know, get out of jail free card in Patrick Mahomes and to a, to a lesser extent but still big part of it Andy Reid as far as his game planning and play calling and the things that he can do his 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 12-month calendar I think is better than almost everybody's in football. You know, all those things will bode well for them. But no, I don't think they ever really feared their opposition. They just tried to get better in and keeping an eye towards W- you know, what is the best value to get better, right? Not just saying, okay, well, and I, and I think the other teams would be wise in doing this because the Chiefs were the other teams for quite some time in, in this division. When they had Alex Smith, they had a guy who was a, a game manager, which I mean is a compliment, but he, he wasn't a game winner. He wasn't going to go out and win it. And they never said, well, we, we've got to have this, or we've got to have that. They, they tried to get better, and when Mitchell Schwartz was available in free agency, they didn't hesitate. They signed him. They got better at right tackle, and when they looked around, and there wasn't really a true number one overall pick in their first draft in 2013, they took the left tackle. They took Eric Fisher, and he was a solid left tackle. He wasn't great, but there wasn't anybody great really in that draft, so you know, I, I think you've just got to focus on getting better and then coaching to your talent if you're chasing the Kansas City Chiefs. If, you know, because what, what everyone's going to say is, well, we've got to be able to pressure, and we got to pressure him of four, the way the Bucks did in that Super Bowl. That's Patrick Mahomes' worst game. So we've got to be able to get there with four guys and not need any help so we can drop more into coverage. And those are things that have given him problems. But if you're going to end up reaching, you know, for Cleveland Farrell in the top five when that's not the best pick, you're going to be making mistakes that you will pay for several times over
4: with Soren Petro, Kansas City, host of the program Sports Radio 810 WHB. So you obviously have covered in the Chiefs for so long, you've seen the shenanigans with the Raiders. Uh, read a story on the Athletic, quote, they have downgraded in every way, said one NFL exec. The shenanigans that we have seen thus far. This it, it, do the Raiders just never cease to surprise you?
2: The Raiders are are that team that that uh, I mean Yes and no. Like, I don't think you can argue getting Devontae Adams. Um, if a guy's not going to show up and play, like, you know, you, 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 you trade Darren Waller, but if he's not going to show up and play or you question whether or not he's bringing it, I, I don't question moving the guy on, right? Like, all the moves are there. The Raiders, to me, look like that team that is, like, stuck at 8 and eightville because they're not willing to blow it up and rebuild, and they don't pick well enough to identify the talent you need in the middle of the round to be able to get the true difference makers. And, you know, there's a way to build a football team when your quarterback is a game manager, which is what I think they have in Jimmy Garoppolo. uh, Derek Carr at times could be more than that, but I think there were his faults, which everybody in Vegas, you guys all know better than you don't need me to tell you uh, what they were. But, you know, I think around Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, if you're going to win a championship with Jimmy Garoppolo, you got to be great everywhere else, right? Like I I mentioned, the Chiefs are kind of just pretty good in most spots, you know, around Patrick Mahomes, they're great at tight end. Uh, they were they were better than average, even though they lost Tyree Kill, their overall wide receiver core. You know, good talent, young talent on the uh, defensive backfields. You know, they, they were pretty good. Uh, you can't be just pretty good if you're going to have a game manager. Somebody else has got to go out and make plays. And you've got a great wide receiver in Devontae Adams for now, until he ages beyond that ability. And I think you've got to go out, and I think it's more picks. Defense is a zero-weakness game, so, you know, one or two stars better off to be good too deep everywhere so that when the war of attrition comes and it's late in the year and you're playing backups, they're still good, right? I think they need to focus on that. So, you know, the, the Raiders have always been a team that really was built on star power, you know, in their, in their Oakland and L.A. days, was getting Heisman Trophy winners in name value, and that's not really how you win. You need to have no weaknesses on defense and then look for the playmakers and lights out offensive linemen uh, to be able to allow your quarterback to, to take his time, and I think that's how they need to go about doing that, and I, I think you do that by having more draft picks by trading down, trading down, trading down, and and getting as many, you know, lottery tickets as you can at trying to fill those spots.
1: Talking draft, talking Chiefs draft, Seren Petro is with us here on Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. So the draft is uh what are we looking at? Seventeen days away on April twenty seventh, the season, about five months away. If you had to bet the AFC West right now, let's just say the Chiefs are gonna win it, you had to bet the next team well we'll just say bet second place, right? Who's gonna finish in second? Chargers, Broncos or Raiders?
2: Yeah, I don't know where the Chargers have really gotten better. I mean if they keep Austin Eckler that, that certainly helps. But uh, you know, they're losing talent. They're up against the cap already, which is pretty sad when they're they're still on the quarterback's rookie deal and they're they're, you know, basically sat out all the the big ticket part of uh, free agency. The, you know, first year with a new coach and a coach with a proven track record, you usually get a kiss. So I would probably bet the Broncos for second, um mm. the Chargers for third and the and the Raiders fourth. But I I I, I, I that's what I would do if you tell me I have to pick. But I think there's so much that's open. Like, my view of the Broncos is you're, you're this is like a three or four year tops uh, run with Sean Payton because he's already starting to just splash cash everywhere. And I think we'll set the Broncos up for the same kind of cap hell that the Saints have been in, you know, his last year or maybe even last two years and the two years since he left. Is he's just firing everything right now to win right now and not having an eye towards the future and a big picture approach. And so. You know, I think that will probably work and have early returns, uh, but they better cash quickly because I think the, the long run on that is that they're going to be blowing things up quicker than anybody in Denver realizes.
1: Could you see the Chargers trading Eckler right before the draft or on draft day?
2: Yeah, I, but but for what? Like, you know, a running back that running backs get hurt. The older they get, the, le- the less they're worth. I think everybody time and time again is learning the lesson that, that running backs, you know, what, what Christian McCaffrey, with the Carolina Panthers gave them less returns. And even with the 49ers uh, was missing time and didn't send them to the Super Bowl. So I don't know how much you can get for the running back position. You're better off to just play them, turn them and burn them and, and, and move on. I mean, but when you, you know, Justin Herbert's a quarterback that should be better than Jimmy Garoppolo, right? He's not Patrick Mahomes, but he should be able to make some plays. So if you can turn him and get a decent return, you, you should do it because running backs are like relievers in baseball. It's just, a, it's not if they're, you know, it's not not if they're going to get hurt, it's when they're going to get hurt. And it's usually sooner rather than later. So if the Chargers could turn him into anything, they should make that move and get more picks.
1: Seren, so tell people where they can listen to the Chiefs podcast, uh, Red, Gold, and Bold. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Red, gold, and bold. Uh, you can get it on YouTube. Uh, my YouTube channel, Soren Petro. Uh, you can find it right there. And of course, follow us on Twitter, at Soren Petro. And uh, we do it every Tuesday night, streaming live, along with our 2 Deep NFL podcast. Uh, you can catch it whenever you want. Uh, if you check out my website, SorenPetro.com.
1: By the way, did you guys carve out a good three days to talk about the Royals? And now you're like, all right, back to the Chiefs.
2: Uh, you know what? We actually did talk about the the joys of Chris Bubich pitching well because it's training wheels, it's baby steps right now with the Kansas City Royals.
1: Constant rebuild. Meanwhile, the small market, uh, pathetically attended Rays are still shocking baseball by kicking the crap out of everybody.
2: That's they amazing. are playing the three worst teams in baseball. Let's I know. Keep that in mind. I know. But it,
1: but it also uh, you know has me thinking and probably Willie as well that hey, how about Las Vegas officials stop talking to the A's? The Rays don't have a stadium, or they have a bad stadium situation, too. Get them! Get the Rays! We don't want the hundred percent. What are you waiting on? I don't know. I don't control these things. I just say it, and no one listens. It's been 25 years of no one here that matters listening.
2: Listen, I've always said I have all the answers. Somebody just has to ask. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Petro, appreciate it. Thank you so much.
2: Always my pleasure, guys.
1: Oh, Ari looked frustrated. You all right? Are you mad? Did I rip the show? I'm, I'm, I'm really walking on eggshells. Subject of uh, what Monday show was uh, just moody coming in the studio. I got to clean this up. I got to clean this up. I'm a little worried now.
4: Cantankerous. Yeah.
1: And then I'm getting beat up by uh, hosts from other markets about JVT, the way I treat about yeah. the way I treat Ari. Yep. Yeah. How about you take some of the blame on that? You're not exactly a sweetheart. I'm just trying to get us to go. Full go bear here. Gaslighting. Let's, let's just throw it. let's just throw punches okay. before the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we're all going to be questionable for Tuesday's show after throwing fists.
0: Listen to Cofield and Company on the press box all week long
2: for your chance to win tickets for BattleBots Destructathon Sunday, April twenty third at the BattleBots Arena, or purchase your tickets at BattleBots.com slash tickets. Now back to Cofield and Company,
0: live from the Finley Toyota Studio on
2: ESPN
1: Las Vegas. Aviators with a day off, but back in action on this elongated homestand. Las Vegas Aviators at home Tuesday through Sunday. Tomorrow, seven o five start. Reyes to plot tonight. Thursday is the throwback game. Friday free beanie, Saturday free jersey, Sunday the kids get to run the bases. They're playing the Salt Lake Bees all this week. Starts tomorrow seven o five start, all the way through Sunday. So go out and check out the Aviators at least once, if not many more times. Uh, we have to go back to what you kind of snuck it in there. We were talking Chiefs, and then you threw out the Raiders, and uh, one of the publications said uh, they had a NFL executive unnamed of saying course. that that person believes. That the Raiders have taken a step back in lots of areas.
4: Yeah, I it was. It, they actually took some hits from several unnamed. It one of those stories where probably from the owners' meetings and so on and so forth. You know, someone from the Athletic wrote a story, and it was. It, they talked about every team, right? It was just sort of a recap of the offseason heading into the draft. And this particular, uh, they had two different executives that that had spoken on it. Just they talking about have they gotten better. And in every, and in any way, shape, or form, they really didn't think that the t- the team had gotten better. You got rid of Darren Waller, um, you know. It, you've gotten rid of the, the the face of the franchise and and everybody that's there. Yeah, Devonte Adams is the best wide receiver in football, but for the most part,
1: and it's just this just this off season, they've yeah. gotten worse. Yeah, in they, a lot of areas, they've
4: gone backwards. Was they've gone backwards with, with backwards. the exact How far so,
1: back do you think they've gone at tight end? Really. <sighs>
4: It's hard to say because of the time that Darren Waller missed. If a healthy Darren Waller that wants to be there... That, he's, that, he's tremendous. He's fantastic. So I Here's the thing. I don't know how far back this team has really gotten based on the personnel and the coaching staff that's in place. The fact that the, if you go back two years ago, it's easy to say they've digressed, but... A lot of people were on the same page. A lot of things brought that team together for the wrong reasons, right? Uh, everything that took place off the field and the way that they came together under Rich Passaccia. I think that Josh McDaniels came in, didn't want to ruffle feathers like he did his first season in Denver, did his best to get along, but at the same time still exercised his authority. And I think that's what sort of pushed some people away. Unfortunately, the names that were pushed away were somewhat the stars of the team. Or some of them in uh-huh. Derek Carr, in Darren Waller, you know, I mean. You, are you, we doing Patriots West? Or are we doing Patriots West? You know what? Right? I would I, just come out and say it instead of going, no, 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 this is not Patriots West. No, 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 there is well, no such thing as a Patriots West. I way. don't mean the, having
1: all the Patriots flavor. I mean the, but it the, is. the New England philosophy where there's not always a lot of big names on the team. Although they've actually, I, they've got I think names. they've broken
4: yeah, no, they've you know, got rank big, on that one by yeah. getting
1: Devontae Adams. No,
4: 100%. And, and, and Max Crosby has become a big, right, and B- Max Crosby has become a big name. Josh Jacobs have certainly run himself into the spotlight, you know, so to speak. Um, so, Jimmy Garoppolo, is he a big name? No, but these are all guys that he, he has surrounded himself with comfortability and familiarity, because of the Patriot way, you can say that you're not trying to be Patriots West, all you want. But the fact is, you're surrounding yourself with with guys who understand you, and and that who you whom you understand, and where you there's not going to be any personality conflicts, where you don't have to worry about you know having those headbutts. Coming
1: up next Monday, this is a big look ahead. Willie is going to be on the road. He'll be out. To start the Stanley Cup playoffs at Twin Peaks. Our good friends over on Eastern, right near the 215 Stanley Cup playoffs, starting off. And Willie's going to be flanked at uh, or stationed at Twin Peaks. You got happy hour Monday through Friday from two to seven, dollar off all wine, liquor. You got the 29 degree draft brews, the big beers, Miller and Coors, under four bucks, and then select appetizers, two, four, and six dollars. Willie Ramirez will be on the road with prizes. Twin Peaks to kick off the Stanley Cup playoffs. Go to Twin Peaks next week. He'll be there from 4 o'clock up until about 6.30. Hanging with you guys, watching some hockey at Twin Peaks. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield
0: and at Willie G. Ramirez. Or tweet the show at Cofield & Co. It depends on who's actually there at number three, and this is a discussion we've had quite a bit, and it's really coming down to, from everything I've heard, if C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young happens to be there at number three, which I don't think is going to happen, mm. if one of those two guys is available at number three, I think there's a real possibility that the Raiders go make a move for him. Outside of him or Stroud and, and, and Young, I don't think that they will because there's so many other holes that they have to fill, mainly on the defensive side of things.
1: Rolling on. Cofield and company. Willie Ramirez is here. It's Steve Cofield. Back to the NFL draft, you hear a little Q Myers on the uh, Kay Adams show talking about what the Raiders might be doing.
4: Mm.
1: You know, it's really interesting. In the top five mm-hmm. of this draft, Raiders are at seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, mock drafts out there have the Raiders moving up. Some have them staying in the seven spot. Others have the Raiders trading back. So much of this draft is determined by what the Arizona Cardinals do at number three. They have a lot of options. And here's what we try to figure out. And on this show, I hate when we constantly throw cold water or cold water all over draft rumors. We think there's a lot of smoke screens that go on around the draft. If the QB rumors are to be believed, then there could be someone really hungry to move up to three to grab a quarterback, especially if Stroud or Young don't go 1-2 mm-hmm. in whatever order. Mm-hmm. But we've seen a lot of hype now over Will Levis, over Anthony Richardson. I lean towards it's fake hype. What about you? I have a – here's <laughs> the thing. You yeah. know what
4: I have a problem with, Steve? And, and, and here's the thing. This is going to come across – I am in no way, shape, or form because you and I both know that our colleague, our boy, Adam Hill, will read and write. He'll he'll spend more time on his laptop reading and researching whether it's N C two A basketball when he reads through that damn blue ribbon book or when it's making up these drafts. So I'm in no way, shape or form am I am talking about Adam. But what I am talking about are these Random websites, so-called beat writers that do not just one, not but not just two, but hey, let's do round six of our mock draft. Round seven of our mock draft and and all of a sudden it just takes one or two to catch fire on social media and it goes viral. And now you have these six, seven, eight mock drafts by one entity. And the only reason why they do it is because, well, one of them's gonna be right and they're gonna be, yep. I knew it. Yeah, well, you threw seven damn drafts out there, of course, and you're and you're picking. You know, you're going to get in the top five. You're going to get it. That being said, when some of these go viral and they all of a sudden, that's the hype. That's the rumor. That's so you never know what to believe. At this point, I don't even know whether to buy into McShay or Kuiper or. Or, or Schefter at this point, honestly. So I, I don't know what hype to believe. I don't know. We heard Anthony Richards all of a sudden. he was, And I, I was an Anthony Richardson guy. Still am. Still think he's going to be a great quarterback. Right? All of a sudden, he shined at the combine. He's going to be the guy. Forget about Shroud. Forget, forget about Bryce Young. Now it's Will Levis. It's just hype building up. And you know what? A lot of it could be the agents drilling this, getting this information out there. It's raising the stock. It's raising the prices. It's raising the valuation of these guys. There's only one way. Whether you know what, it doesn't even matter. Let's let's look up how many NFL quarterback busts there have been that have gone one and two. Hello, Jamarcus Russell or Ryan Leaf. I mean, we can go back in all history. The, all the
1: teams know about this, but they still get freaking froggy down the stretch, and the quarterback is such an important position that they will pick guys twenty and thirty and fifty spots
4: ahead of where they should go sometimes. Yeah. So I I don't know what to buy into, and I don't know who to believe honestly anymore. Outside, like. On it. And I'm not just saying it because he's our guy, but like I would just sit here and just rather just read all of Adam's mock drafts or, or, or what the local guys do because I know what they I know their work ethic. I don't know what anybody else's work ethic is. Just, they're just throwing yeah, but multiple mock drafts out there. The interesting thing here, when we talk about smoke screens uh,
1: and you mix in mock drafts, a lot of the hype on the quarterbacks is actually from teams and from agents. So then, you know, who do you trust in those areas? Matt Miller. ESPN draft analyst was on with uh, Q Myers on ESPN National this weekend. Um, I want to jump to his comments on Anthony Richardson as they kind of reference how risky Richardson could be. I think Levis is very risky as well. This is Matt Miller one.
0: He will cost someone their job, but <laughs> it might be because they passed on him. So, yes. Mm. But this might be a – like Patrick Mahomes, when he was coming out, there was a lot of man, if you take this guy, he cost you a job. And he did. He cost Ryan Pace his job in Chicago because he didn't take Mahomes. (laughs) He took Mitch Trubisky. So, uh, yes, I do think with Richardson. I think, I honestly think, like, Anthony Richardson is one of the most, like, wrongly discussed players in this year's class because, you know, it's all about the mechanics for me. And the fact that he's only started 13 games, he had a scheme change in between his sophomore and junior season, a dramatic scheme change at that. Uh, only started 13 games through fewer than 400 passes. We don't know who he is yet as a quarterback.
1: So if you're looking for a comp, according to Matt Miller who was on ESPN National this weekend with Q, the comp is probably Anthony Richardson to Josh Allen in terms of the rawness and look at how Allen has turned out.
0: From an athletic standpoint, he is the most gifted player measured ever at the NFL Scouting Combine at that position ever. I think you better than Dante Culpepper, better than anybody, anybody. He's better than them. And so I think it is – to me, it's fair to say, like, okay, well, Josh Allen coming out was this super sized, athletic quarterback that needed work. He needed to, to improve his mechanics. Uh, that's – I think it's fair to make that comparison. Now, what people forget about Josh Allen is he is one of the most instinctive, intelligent quarterbacks in the NFL. Can Anthony Richardson get to a situation – where he has the culture around him to do that?
1: Can he, Willie? Can he? By the way, is that unfair to compare the project that worked out with Josh Allen to Anthony Richardson?
4: Well, with the hype that's following these guys this year, I mean, this is—I mean, we haven't really heard in a draft, a pre-draft hype with this many quarterbacks. When was the last time we've heard about this many quarterbacks? Honestly, it's been one or two or none and this year we're talking we're hearing names like five, six. Now, you know, Stroud, Young, um, Levis, Richardson, then you throw in Hendon Hooker. I don't know if he's going top ten, but the fact of the matter is, we're hearing a lot of names. So at this point, what else are you going to compare it to? I you know, people always say, Oh, he can't compare this to that and this. Well, you gotta compare it to something. You have to give it some sort of You know, the blueprint that's been laid by this person, this is what we're looking at. Doesn't mean it's gonna turn out like that or he's like that, but there's gotta be a comparison. You have to. You
1: have to. Who do you think's bigger, boom, or bust? Who would you trust less? Will Levis or Richardson?
4: It's hard to say because I really haven't watched a lot of film on Levis because I'm really high on Richardson. So for me, I'm automatic I'm already pro Richardson. So, admittedly, I would say Levis, but it's not fair to Levis for me to say that because I haven't watched enough film or read enough scouting reports on him.
1: Levis could be a nightmare. I think.
4: Here's Matt Miller. A Little
1: long, but some good comments here. Is uh, he was on this interview with Q Myers on ESPN National talking about uh, Levis? Is uh, there apparently are some Levis fans out there? He could go in the top
0: ten. I think Q. It's a lot of you know what we were hearing at the combine where. Levis did not acquit himself well in the interviews, which we know how important those are. And I think when you go back to the last years, of Kentucky, there's 23 interceptions, uh, sack rate was through the roof. And you can make the argument of, man, he didn't have much around him. Neither did Bryce Young. And I think people are forgetting just how bad Alabama was this past year. In that like, Kentucky might have an offensive player, as many offensive players drafted as Alabama does this year. It's, it's Bryce Young. It's Jameer Gibbs, Tyler Steen. I mean, this is not your normal Alabama offense. They were not loaded with draft prospects this year. So I think with Levis, what we're seeing is, yeah, there's traits there. There's the arm talent. There's good athleticism. But the decision-making, you know, was tight and tense at times. And then you have a player who's uh, reportedly, according to NFL teams, he's interviewing tight, tense. That, I think that's where people start to worry a little bit when you also have a quarterback like Anthony Richardson who has traits for days and is also a little bit cool, calm, collected as a quarterback.
1: I think there's a chance three of these guys go in the top 10, but one of them is going to tumble and tumble pretty hard. So going back to this conversation, Cardinals better hope that people like both Levis and Richardson in the top 10 and... You'll have, I don't know, you know five or six teams that want to move up from the 20s or the teens into the top 10.
4: What's funny about those two, Levis and Richardson, is the one flaw that we keep hearing about Richardson only is his arm, right? The accuracy. Not necessarily the strength of it, but the accuracy. Everything else is there. With Levis, the one thing that we're hearing is great is the velocity on his throws, but his footwork. Leaving the pocket, his protection needs to be better. Richardson's got an able body to barrel through people. So, uh, it's it's. I would have to agree with you, but I want to read more into it. But I'm high on Richardson.
2: Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in
0: minutes on ESPN Las Vegas.
4: Stick your hand in there, Dave. Willie, yes.
1: Happy National Siblings Day. Thanks. I feel like we're kind of rubbing it in. You don't know, have a brother or sister.
4: Very true.
1: Do you think the youngest of the brothers and sisters in general have certain personality traits?
4: Yeah, well they're I mean, they probably have been bullied their whole life. They probably have mental health issues. They really?
1: I thought the youngest got got kind of babied and always got away with everything because the parents weren't as tough on the youngest as they were along the way with the older. That's why ones. they got beat up.
4: Okay. All right. That's why they got beat up by their older siblings. Think they have confidence issues? I don't know. The, the only the, the the I I do know one thing. I know that Jordan's mother in Syracuse, her three little boys, out there in Syracuse. The youngest one, he's tough. He probably is probably. And, and the okay. oldest one is like the the docile one.
1: So on National Siblings Day, we're having a discussion during the break. Uh, well, one uh, about an hour ago, we found out that Ari had brothers. I had no idea, um, and it wasn't just me. Trust me. I asked him if uh, who, who does he believe his uh, parents' favorite is, and what did he say? He was like, oh, "I think the, my older brothers because they're successful and they live closer." And... Yeah. Mike's open. He can jump on. Is there a question we're, here? We're not, we're not beating. Well, I, don't, I don't. I don't understand that mentality. All right, here's. I'm gonna. I make... don't understand the mentality. If you ask me, go ahead and ask me who. Who is the, the favorite of the three sons Who's of my Who's the favorite
4: of your three sons?
1: Well, whatever you're saying there. Yeah. Um
4: I am. I am. Here's I the, am. Here's the I sad o- and thing. I always believe that. Here's I, the sad I thing. I am not the favorite. <laughs> you're the only <laughs> <child>. <laughs> We got we had some cats and dogs that my parents loved. I used to always tell people I used to, we you know I introduced my mom to or whatever, or she'd brag about you know my mom was the type that would brag about other friends, why can't you be more like they oh, so really? nice to them? And like, yeah, I go, yeah, I know. He's like the son you never had. I get it.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. You got beat up a little bit. All oh, right. Yeah.
3: What's the question?
1: I was asking who who is the favorite child of your parents? You?
3: Yeah, I your, don't. Your older I brother mean, or you really old? Like brother? most parents, I, I think they're going to give you that typical, everybody's equal answer. Oh, oh. I'm just saying it's it's tough out. It's tough being the youngest. With all that you just mentioned, that's true. Yes, there yeah. is a lot of like, uh, we'll make it easier on the younger, but that works in reverse, especially as you get older, and you know, like as your brothers kind of do things and their life starts to get more productive, Uh-oh. the comparison starts. So yeah, this is,
1: this is when opening the mic gets dangerous. That's right. It just unravels for them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just, I I no, 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 if I, I don't really want,
3: terms. I will give you an honest answer. Though one thing yeah, is I thought you were giving us an You were lying. I will. I will add on here. There's a very, very big misunderstanding of Uh-oh. what exactly I do or have done all these years. yeah there you go. Uh, it's true. I mean, so that that yeah. plays a part. So okay, I get it. You know, I get it. They don't know how awesome Cofield and Company is. You're but it's you're, like, you're I'm one achiever. of one. You're a
1: high achiever. Yeah, I'm one of on one. The, you're it's on true. a great. You're part of a great radio
3: show. Damn no. right. So
1: well, there you go, Willie. There's your answer. There you go. Quick study into <laughs> middle, younger, oldest.
4: I know nothing about it.
1: I know. I'm, I'm proud of you. You just sat there and listened. That was good stuff.
3: By the way, since you don't know anything about our hosts, we have another host that's an only child. Am I not wrong about that? Or is that a secret? A secret? <laughs> Isn't Candy an only child as well? Did I get that? Or did I just make that up in my brain? or is that? What do you think?
4: Uh, it's not a what I, don't, I think. I it's a don't factual... know. I would, It would be guess if I were I don't talk... believe
1: that's a fact, but I don't, but no. you 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 probably know better than I do. I,
3: I recall him mentioning it a couple times. Yeah. See, I listen to the show.
1: There
4: you go.
1: <laughs> Boy, I'm going to text him before the end of the show and be like, "Hey, how are your brothers and sisters?" Be like, "Well, so and so is this, and so and so is that."
4: Just text him. Say, "Did did you wish your your siblings happy National?" Center? He'd be like, "What?" And then, ooh, you go, that's
1: a good one. Oh, I didn't know. He'll come with Ari Ari was answer. asking this. Oh, we'll yeah. it Ari,
4: it. Ari posed the question to the company.
3: <laughs> pick your hand in there, Dave.
1: So beef, that's recommended viewing. I watched The Whale. Anyone see that one? You want to pick me up? Oh, boy. You don't know anything about it? No. Okay. What is it? Is it Hulu? No, it was actually a movie in the theaters.
4: What is it? The Whale? Yeah. I'm out. Is it about uh, a gambler? No. A target? Sales target? Salesman's target? No. You know what a whale is, right?
1: Yeah. That was Brendan Fraser, and he's a uh, big, fat, overweight guy.
4: Oh. Yeah.
1: Basically six people in an hour and 55-minute movie. Check it out. I'm curious to see what you think of it.
4: Where Where is it at?
1: Um. Uh, I don't know. One of the services. All we'll right. look it up. Oh, you know what? I think actually we had to pay. We had to pay a little for it. So I don't. Pay. I don't. At home, you don't. You, five six
4: bucks. I don't pay online. I don't pay for movies online. I don't pay for Hulu. No, we didn't want to wait. I'll wait till it shows up on the thing.
1: That was good. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Because I am going to see Air on your recommendation, but it's probably not going to be at the theater. I don't
4: know if I'm ever going to the
1: movie theater again. I probably will at some point.
4: I felt bad yesterday because the last few times I've gone to the theater, it's been a mom and son date, and my stepfather just recently had quadruple bypass surgery, oh, so we were hanging out watching the match. He's, he's recovering good. He does he does laps around the living room and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, some friends popped by to say hi, and they had just come from the theater, and they're like, oh, what'd you see? He was like, air. Well, my uncle had been raving about it to My mom, hey, you gotta go see this movie air, blah blah blah. It's really good. Plus, his son in laws in it, Jason Bateman. So we were all talking. About it. I was like, oh yeah, you know, we just interviewed Sonny Vaccaro. So last week, so I, I I said, you know what, I think I'm gonna go. So I went, and I felt bad because I usually bring the sneak the candy in and the hoodie in the hoodie pouch, and and get the popcorn and me and mom hang out but i didn't get to, I, I wanted to go i wanted to go hey you know what part of it was i wanted to go so we could talk about it on the show hmm. okay
1: so we'll get to it eventually um ari we mock on ari for not listening at times because he's doing a lot of other stuff huh. you did notice what was slipped in there right <laughs> have i missed this part of the conversation oh you didn't even oh, notice yeah
3: it. No, no no i remember this actually okay like You've uh, a couple it years ago yeah very casually and you had the same exact reaction oh maybe, I, maybe I, didn't Wait, what? Like, I forgot the conversation I and it. what
1: he said Jason Bateman, huh? You're just going to slip that one in there? Yeah. He's going to Paul Anka, but yeah. All right. Well, you can tell me more about that off air.
4: WNBA draft has been completed. By the way, the Las Vegas Aces have taken Brittany Davis. And uh, from a local standpoint, which I expected, uh, we did not see Essence Booker drafted, but I do expect her to get invited to a training camp. And if I know anything, She will. Make her mark.
3: Stick your hand in there, Dave.
4: Uh, we'll close on this. We got to get some more transfer portal stuff for the
1: basketball. The basketball tomorrow. It's been crazy again with players moving all over the country. Keyshawn Gilbert decided where he's going to go. He's going to Iowa State with Ots. TJ Alsburger. You surprised by that?
4: Nah, not at all. That's it. Is what it is.
1: Yeah. Someone someone asked me over the weekend. Uh, does Iowa State have? Uh, Much better NIL resources than UNLV. I don't know. I know Iowa State has always had resources. But I don't think this was just Keyshawn Gilbert leaving to go get NIL money. I think he needed a change.
4: One positive note from UNLV. You know who doesn't have anyone in the transfer portal? The Lady Rebels. Willie, appreciate it. All right, thank you. We'll see you.